Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Watford Buzz Opposition Breakdown. Today we're going to be looking at Sheffield Wednesday, our upcoming opponent. We'll be facing on Good Friday at 3 o'clock at Vicarage Road. So coming up really quick and obviously we've got two games in quick succession as well. So yeah, it's all coming fast now, this final final portion of the season. Kind of had the international break to, to let things settle and kind of see where we are. And yeah, I mean, we think we're all feeling quite confident right now. But again, back to action against, against Sheffield Wednesday, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, so yeah just to go over people that haven't listened to the previous episode against uh, for our podcast against Birmingham City our preview um, the idea of this one is just to talk about the opposition what to expect from them kind of what their style of players where their strengths are their weaknesses and then discuss how we could kind of look to play them in, in areas that we might be looking to exploit or or certain areas of our team that we've got to try and protect from from the danger of the opposition uh, so just looking at Sheffield Wednesday um, they're in 23rd place right now Obviously, they had that 12-point point deduction, which kind of skews how, how things look. But then they haven't been they haven't been good this season. Ultimately, they've not been good. They've been okay at times, um, but they've struggled. And that led to kind of sackings. And they, they recently sacked Tony Pierce in December. Neil Thompson took charge until, until they appointed Darren Moore on the 1st of March. So they've got a new coach in charge. And, you know, we've got some similarities there to that previous game against Birmingham. You've got them unknown quantities in the new coach. Uh, and, and Darren Moore's had a couple of games and he had a really good result against Barnsley um, last last uh, set of fixtures and they were really good um, I went and watched that game I watched uh, all of Darren Moore's games now uh, as Sheffield Wednesday head coach and uh, yeah I thought they matched up really well with Barnsley um, they, they did a good job of exploiting uh, that, that space that Barnsley can leave and those risks that they take so that's something that we've got to be careful of because if they can play with that direct style at times, it, it can affect you. And I think Barnsley are maybe more susceptible to that than us. I, I think Barnsley take much bigger risks at times. So maybe we'd feel a little bit more confident there. But yeah, let's get into how Sheffield Wednesday kind of set up firstly. Um, Darren Moore's deploying them in a 3 4 1 2, uh, which is the best way of kind of describing that formation. Um, it, it's, it's quite a compact defensive system for the most part. Um, they look to sit quite deep. And they, they try and play that ball forward reasonably early, predominantly through Barry Bannon. He's their main outlet. Um, he's one that I think we have to focus quite heavily on Barry Bannon as we talk through Sheffield Wednesday here because I mean, when it comes to threat, he's kind of the guy that instigates that. Um, I've made a couple of graphics that I have on Twitter. And I'll kind of link into this podcast here that you can go and have a look at if you want to kind of get a visual kind of idea of what to expect from Barry Bannon, how he compares to the players in this position and, and just kind of showing you how he links up that play and how he's kind of that most progressive kind of midfielder they've got in that team uh, and, uh, which is an area they really struggle with um, they have done all season so kind of back to their style of play uh, as a whole as, as I said they're quite compact they're quite deep uh, they've got their back five uh, it's definitely more of a I say it is more of a five actually it's kind of 
not so much possession kind of base team that's going to have that back three and spread those center backs and let to play the ball. It's much more of a compact, tight unit. Um, they don't like to be too aggressive with those those wing backs. Of the two wing backs, you're going to see Adam Reach kind of staying a little bit deeper, and then maybe Liam Palmer will be the one that'll be pushing up and offering that support. Um, they're not going to be too too expansive, especially in a game like this. I think looking at their game against Norwich, we kind of saw how they maybe will be a little bit more pragmatic, even. Uh, and let's try and contain. Um, so effectively, the game plan when it comes to offensive side of the game is to is to get the ball forward early. It's quite often through Barry Bannon um, and and try and get the ball into into Jordan Rose because this is the difficulty when you're a, a defensive team like this is you, you've got to try and transition that ball. It can be very difficult if you don't have the quality um, or, or the ball carriers, and they don't really have both of those. Um, so they've got to try and get the the ball into Jordan Rhodes, who's a striker who's not really known for the kind of other aspects of his game he's a goal scorer he's a great poacher but you've got to get the ball into the box to him you've got to give him opportunities um so they've had to do a few different things to try and find a way of doing so uh, and to their credit I, I think darren moore's done quite a good job of uh, of looking at other options and, and how to kind of get that team up the pitch and maybe try and find opportunities with jordan Rhodes. so to compensate mainly they've been looking at the use of the two wide men that use either side of Rhodes. Neither of them are really traditionally wide men. And Josh Windass, who we saw in, in the previous fixtures, quite effective against us, really good athlete, uh, energetic, very busy. Uh, and then Callum Patterson, too, is playing out wide, which is quite an odd one because he's a he kind of big, physical, more of a centre-forward star player. Um, but I think the kind of idea behind this is having having two options, two varied options. Um, when you get the ball, they're not necessarily looking to play Jordan Rhodes early. He's not that physical presence. He's not He's not someone that's going to chase down the ball. He's, he's not someone that's going to kind of offer you that athleticism. So on the left-hand side, if they're, if they're trying to play out of defence, they kind of look for a little bit earlier. They've got Josh Windass, who's that, as I said, that energetic athlete. He can work hard. He can get down the line. He can get into space. He, he can be a little bit of a menace there. He can, he can, find, he can find room and he can, he, he can kind of, have that quicker break you don't have to build up so much you can play a little bit faster to them and then on the other side they've got that physical presence in in Callum Patterson he offers he offers a different outlet in the sense he's more of that kind of false target man role that we've seen Troy Deeney playing for for quite a few years now where he drops that bit shorter uses the physicality to bring others into play um, and then when he does so you, you'll see Josh Windass come across as well uh, and he does again he, he does a, a decent a decent job there of getting across and helping support nice and early that athlete is able to kind of travel across the pitch quite smoothly and, and be there to support so you end up with that kind of right hand side being quite a threat and I think you'll often see Liam Palmer as well will be kind of that will be his time to push forward will be when it's kind of that ball up to Patterson and he needs support often Palmer's the one that's bombing on and trying to get a little bit of space and down there so if there's if there's maybe some open open gaps in the defense you might see it coming from that that right hand side uh, I think especially against us they're going to be quite heavily protecting that left as much as possible well you definitely expect so with um with the threat that we possess in Ishmael Asara and Kika Femenia so that's kind of I say probably their main weaknesses um in, in terms of defensive structure and and what they kind of struggle with going forward um in terms of their strength, their, their front three operates quite interestingly. It's, I think it's maybe something you've got to be aware of. Um, of course, incorporating that poach in the team requires that that change in, in, in attack. And, and as I said, they're, they're finding ways to do so. Um, I think maybe they're kind of going to be looking at uh, trying to isolate one of our defenders predominantly. It's probably going to be their kind of main avenue of attack, um, especially from one of those one of those outlets. And I think if you look at the matchup there, you'd maybe looking at you maybe looking at Callum Patterson and thinking that he's someone that could perhaps physically dominate Kigo Femenia. Maybe he could he could be a bit of a you know a menace in that in that area of the pitch and and try and uh, try and find some joy against against Kiko. But 
I, I think we're more likely to see him stick on that right-hand side and maybe the target will be Alan Masna. I, I think if you're Wednesday, you're kind of looking at this opposition they're facing and I, I don't think they're going to want to take that risk of, of having having a player that's not going to be able to keep up with Kiko going the other way. I think Josh Windass will be quite a good defensive support for them. That might actually be the kind of biggest impact he has in the game on, on Saturday will be trying to contain that attack of Kiko and Ishmael Asar. Uh, then that's got to be coming into this fixture. That's got to be primary goal for for Wednesday is to try and nullify that as much as possible. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Patterson target Massner and try and get into that position as early as possible with the support of Windass and hopefully kind of work their way up to the pitch, work out the pitch and try and get into the box. Um, it, it's it's an area they've got to try and exploit for sure, in, in my opinion, um, because they don't really have that quality to play through midfield. They don't have the quality to build up. They don't look to. They play early and they're going to play direct. So they've got to have that that outlet, and that's probably their best bet. Um, so again, like tra- when you talk about transitioning the ball, you're looking at Barry Bannon. He's going to be that main outlet. He's something you can rely on if you're going to be a little bit more of a long ball team. Adam Reach on the left as, as well. He can play forward quite nicely, but he's not going to travel at the pitch as high. A because of that this defensive responsibility, but B it's not really his game. He can get to the byline and put a cross in, but I think he's quite comfortable having that delivery from deep areas anyway then angles quite suit his delivery style um so it, it's not something he necessarily needs to do um i think it's it's probably going to be their their main route as i said to be down down that right hand side um but we've got to be we've got to be careful too because we, we have had a bit of a tendency to to maybe get caught out a little bit in possession at the back especially with with a player like josh windass who's maybe harrying quite quite heavily i think truce to kong has had a couple of moments um where you maybe kind of don't feel that as comfortable as you'd like when it comes to to possession and definitely someone that you've got to be aware of when it comes to when it comes to the opposition setting traps and maybe allowing him a bit of possession um allowing him to have that ball and, and hopefully if they can press him at the right time making a mistake um so that's kind of the main strengths. Um, I will cover their weaknesses too, um, because there are there are a few. Um, it's fair to say, as I said, they're not the they're not they haven't been great this season. They haven't been terrible. But I think they've been very inconsistent for sure. And I think Darren Moore is maybe trying to find ways of of improving that. Of course, it's kind of what he's been brought in to do, but. I do appreciate the fact that he's he's mixing things around and trying to find the best way to use a squad in a perhaps a slightly different manner. But if you're looking at their weaknesses as a whole, for me, the, the biggest kind of standout glaring glaring weakness is that ability or lack of ability to transition that ball. Um, if you're trying to look to be an offensive outfit at any capacity, you have to be able to work the ball at the pitch, especially when you're playing as deep as, as Sheffield Wednesday do at times. Um, and when you don't have a reliable way of doing so, then it's extremely hard to make chances. Um, if you're looking at how they get the ball at the pitch, they're bottom of the league for progressive passes, 22nd progressive pass accuracy. So they're not they're not consistently finding the way up the pitch by building up and playing the ball. As I said, Barry Bannon's the guy to do so, and he's playing a lot of long balls and a lot of kind of direct forward passes to get them forwards. Um, they also don't have players that can carry the ball necessarily. They average just 8.9 progressive runs per 90, which puts them 17th in the league. So they've not got those guys that are kind of picking up that ball from deep and driving forwards like, say, we do in, in, in the likes of Ismail Asar or Ken Semmer, for example. So that's that's an area for them that's definitely kind of the weakest spot, I'd say, especially when it comes to them as an offensive outfit. Um, defensively, they're quite solid in, in a sense that they, they like to keep compact. Um, if you're playing that back three, that back five system, as we've talked about before in, in previous podcasts with Matt and Tom, and uh, we mentioned as well in, in the preview against Birmingham, that, that back five, back three system always has that vulnerability in the, the space between the full back, or the wing backs and the centre backs. Now, you might not see that as much as, with Sheffield because they are, as I said, trying to keep it compact, but... 
there's only so much you can do that throughout, throughout the entire 90 minutes. We saw against Bristol City how, how much they struggled against that, that right-hand side of ours. And I do quite fancy us to, to hurt Wednesday there, um, especially if they go down a goal at any point. They're going to have to open up a little bit if they've got any chance of getting back into the game. And that that's an area we're going to be looking to exploit, I'm sure. Even the left-hand side, Kansem is more than capable of exploiting those positions too. And I think that left-hand side will be a little bit more open um, with, with Palmer supporting Patterson, that right-hand side. But for, for me, it's their left-back kind of area, left-wing-back area. If Adam Reach does get isolated, he can be exposed defensively. So he's got to have an extremely disciplined game to avoid avoid being hurt by by Kiko and, and Ismail Sarr in that 90 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of the two issues that are quite big for them, really, isn't it? It's that defensive kind of deep shape doesn't really allow them that transitioning up the pitch. But if they do try and transition, they haven't really got the defensive quality to, to compensate because um, they're, they're just not creating the chances. I mean, they've got the lowest XG, second lowest shots per 90 in the league. It makes it even more important they've got that clinical striker, which they do have in, in Jordan Rhodes, but it's just finding ways to get the ball into the box. They've got the fewest touches in the box per 90 in the league this season. That's just kind of a testament to the fact they're not able to consistently get it there enough. Um, I don't think they're the best physical side either, which doesn't help. I think Barry Bannon's definitely not an athlete. He's a great, great professional, great, great ball player. He really is, but he's not that athlete. In a two-man midfield, maybe you'd look at our, our central midfield to kind of dominate that a little bit. I know Philip Zinkenegger might be in there and and maybe that's a little bit of a closer matchup perhaps, but with Will Hughes, maybe he can creep up the pitch a little bit more against that two-man midfield, have a little bit more joy getting forwards a little bit more. As vital as he's been um, playing from that deeper role, I, I think it's still an opportunity for him to play a little bit further forward at times if needed. He's going to have that room to travel a little bit with the ball, so I think we should definitely use it. Um, so that kind of leads us on to where we should play. Um, I touched on it already a little bit, but I think that right-hand side for me, where we are currently as a team, I- I'm not moving away from that right-hand side threat until someone actually stops us. We've got the personnel there, we've got the ability. I think Jao Pedro being able to drift over to that right-hand side at times too and help link up that play has been really, really helpful. And that's something we should definitely be looking at, trying to incorporate more, especially as we play against these teams that, that sit back and they have them back fives. The biggest counter to a, to a back five for me is if you if you take players away from that back three, you, you find space and you, you pull them out of position. If you've got if you've got a front two, for example, you, the last thing you, you want to have is that front two up against a, a back three because it just it just creates too much an advantage for the centre backs and it creates a numbers kind of advantage for for the opposition. But if you if you have that one striker that's kind of trying to play that line a little bit, but drifting into some deeper areas and maybe pulling himself out wide. You can nullify three centre-backs. They're in there for no reason at, at, at certain times of the game. They're, they're just doing nothing. They're inactive. You need to cause them to, to be active and you have to make them play. Uh, and you have to ask a lot more of that midfield. So I'd like to see Jao Pedro drifting into some wider areas, help support that right-hand side and the left-hand side for that matter. Um, if, if Philip Zinkenegel's playing again, I expect him to be drifting to that left-hand side. We talked about in previous episodes how... Zinkenegel's been kind of getting to that left-hand side and using that that in-swing and delivery from from that left and his right foot, which is we know is a real threat. It's a good support, a good level of support for Ke- uh, for Ken Semmer, who's maybe not got quite the same fullback support that that Ismail Assad has on the right-hand side. So again, it's finding that balance, and I think. I think if we had that numerical advantage in midfield and we also use Pedro, then we really can hurt them in them central areas and it gives us the opportunity to play wide too. So I think Sheffield Wednesday are quite exposable uh, in, in a sense. They're going to have to be very rigid and very aggressive to kind of stop that play from us. And I think 
watching them against Norwich, I think maybe they might come in a little bit too pragmatic for what might actually benefit them. I think we kind of saw something similar with Birmingham. I do feel that Birmingham would have had much, a much better chance of success had they been more aggressive. Yes, their chance of conceding would still be high and maybe a little bit higher even, but ultimately they still lost 3-0 and they, they could have had chances to to be further, uh, to be in a better position for larger portions of the game because they did have opportunities against us. And I, I think Wednesday could do that um, if they give themselves the opportunity to, but I'm not convinced they will. Um, I, I do think teams do fear us, especially at Vicarage Road. And it's very hard to break that habit of, of being defensive and a little bit more pragmatic in those games. Um, so that's definitely that's definitely my fear for Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I think our attack, again, needs to be patient. When we're playing these teams, it has to be patient. I do hate to say it's a must win because it, I don't want to be disrespe- disrespectful to Sheffield Wednesday, but from our position, we can't really be dropping points here. We have to be looking to kind of maintain that lead. And if we maintain that lead coming into those final few games, and that's just, you know, such an advantage. Um, so we've got to be professional. We've got to be, um, we've got to be, really really patient I, I think we're going to have to try and find that space Sheffield Wednesday aren't great at seeing out leads they, they've kind of they've lost a lot of points from winning positions and you know we, we have to kind of play on that we have to be aggressive and we have to it's, it's kind of I don't know kind of contradict each other with saying we've got to be aggressive and patient but what, what I mean by that is take our time to find the opportunities find that space pull them around pull that back three around and when we get the chance then we've got to be aggressive and we've got the players to do so. Uh, I'm feeling quite good about the um, about the ability we have in that in that team and I trust our personnel to kind of execute this one. Um, but as I said, it's not going to be easy. Um, I think that that three, that front three is quite an interesting one and in terms of teams we've played around this level, I think that's definitely something we've not really faced yet. So we have to keep an eye on that. We have to keep an eye on Adam Massner. As I said, I think that's going to be an area that's that's going to be perhaps a little, a little bit difficult for us uh, and something they, they do look to exploit. Um, so I'm going to move on now um, to a couple of questions uh, I had from Twitter. And the first question I had sent in to me was in regards to Sheffield Wednesday's set pieces. Um, are they a threat from set pieces and how are they defending them? So from offensive set pieces, they're, they're pretty good. Um, in in the sense, they've got consistently good delivery from Barry Bannon. Uh, he, he's, as I said, he's their creator. He, he's the guy that kind of gets them up the pitch. And when they do get into those set piece situations, he's he's very dangerous. He's got an excellent delivery and we kind of, we all know that people that have followed his career, we, we all know how dangerous he can be from them set piece situations. So definitely from offensive situations, we've got, we've got to be careful. Um, defensively from set pieces, I wasn't overly impressed actually. Um, I thought Joe Wildsmith was all over the place at times against Barnsley. Um, he, he wasn't confident in claiming the ball. He had quite a few missed catches. I, I definitely say that'd be an area we would be looking to exploit, um, especially we saw a few different things of our set-piece routines in, in the previous outing against Birmingham. So if we were heading into this one and, and I'm kind of sitting down and watching Wednesday, I'd definitely be looking at set-pieces as an area to exploit, um, especially now we're kind of being a little bit more measured in our in our actual delivery and, and, and how we're kind of moving around in the box and we're creating some opportunities. We had some different different displays out there from uh, the likes of Adam Astner and Nathaniel that they were used as, as blockers in, in two different set pieces which obviously one led to a goal that was a good good block from Massner and, and Chad was able to wheel around the back post and, and, and score the goal so we are trying to be a little bit more incisive in those areas and, and set pieces corners free kicks so yeah I'd definitely say Sheffield Wednesday is, is a team that we should be looking to kind of make pay in that situation because they haven't been they haven't been great and in the games I watched I, I did think that from set pieces I thought Wildsmith looked a bit susceptible and you can I mean we've seen it before ourselves if you have a goalkeeper that isn't confident in those in those areas and he's not aggressive he doesn't come and claim the ball early it does lead to a nervous defence and it 
it's very difficult to to take that out of the minds of defenders and you can definitely see it is playing a part um, we had another question sent in from Richard Steeden on Twitter. Um, he kind of asked again about where we're going to be focusing on the opposition and where they're vulnerable. I think we covered that. Um, just say again briefly that right hand side. I think we can create a midfield and, and and look to kind of look to kind of hurt them there. That's that's the main spot for me. Um, but I think we've done a pretty good job of covering that already. But um, thanks for the question, uh, Richard. Appreciate that. Uh, and then also from Watford Sean. Um, discusses positional switches um, using Jao Pedro's uh, performance against Forrest where he kind of played in that deeper central midfield position as, as an example there. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. Positional changes for me, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, I, I think there are times and place for them. I think that against, uh, against Forrest, I think it's a prime example of necessity. Um, I think Jao Pedro did a really good job actually of, of adapting to that. Um, but what it does show me is I think if you... I think maybe you kind of have to look at positions as less rigid and less structured and maybe kind of think of them as how how you can see it as an opportunity for a player to play in a different area, but, you know, still keep somewhat of their, their normal play style. So, for example, Jao Pedro, we talked about earlier how he could be useful kind of drifting to that right-hand side, dropping a little bit deeper and kind of taking some of the elements of that game against Forrest where he played in that deeper role. Um, I'd like to see more of that from him. Um, we, we do see it as part of his game anyway. He likes to drop deep, uh, but actually dropping like, I, I'd have him drop a fair bit deeper at times, especially when you've got those two wingers that can kind of draw in a little bit narrow, still got the support from the wingbacks. You can create some quite interesting situations there and make it quite hard for teams, especially ones that, that sit back and you've got to be quite innovative in ways to to find that space. Um, so you might be looking at Jao Pedro kind of playing that deeper role. Um, Sean uses Ngakia at right wing here as an example. For me, I don't think Ngakia is perhaps the the most forward thinking of our fullbacks. I think if I was to move anyone further forward, it'd probably be Kiko if we needed to. Um, if that maybe allowed Zinkenegel to stay in the centre area or, or we felt that it was more of a benefit to have Zinkenegel central and say say Ishmael Asar was injured, you might look at something like that. Um, but Ngakia for me, I think his, his strength is that one-on-one defensive work. Um, he's, he's able to play the ball forwards. Um, as we saw, he got an assist in the previous game against Birmingham for Andre Gray. But I don't think he's quite the threat that the like of Kiko is when it comes to delivery and, and really progressing that ball. Um, but positional switches, we've got to be something that as I said, maybe you look at how you can adapt a player's position um, to kind of work in some different areas, but maybe not full-on changes, um, as we've maybe kind of discussed before. We've had a lot of injuries and there's talk of Kiko in central midfield and Ben Wilmot in central midfield, Chalaba centre, but all different talks we've had over the years. Um, but for me, yeah, just adapting that position. Um, so yeah, thanks for the questions. Um, I won't go on too long on this. Obviously, I want to keep it quite brief. Um, we've got lots of games coming up and we'll be having another one of these when it comes to the Middlesbrough game. Um, as I said as well, the, there'll be a couple of visuals up on Twitter for you kind of touching on what we've talked about here. Uh, try to give a bit, of, a bit more of an insight um, into the team we're going to be facing. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, it's much appreciated. As always, um, Tom, uh, Matt and myself really do appreciate the listens and the feedback we've been getting is really good. Um, and yeah, if you've got any questions, feel free to get in touch. Uh, DM, tweet, whatever you want. Uh, feel free to jump in any discussions that we're having on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's greatly appreciated, guys. So thanks for listening. And until next time, see you soon. Thank you.